first thing first, to, to get a podcast sound good is not hard. Many people think that it's so hard to make it sound great. It's not. The first thing that you have to remember is that if you have a good recording, I would say that you, that you don't even need maybe an editor to get it done for you at the end. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. My next guest comes from a musical background and had quite a lot of success as a musician in Romania, having been in the finale of X Factor 2013. He plays several different instruments and sings as well. He also produced his own music and played around the UK with his own solo project. But when the pandemic happened, he put a pause on that, as a lot of people did. He moved to the UK in 2016 to study music production and slowly got into the podcast production business. In 2018, he started his own company called Saw and Sign. He's always been in love with sound, whether it was music or spoken audio. Now he edits podcasts, creates jingles, restores audio, and even records and produces audiobooks. He's all about quality and helping his clients get the best audio brand possible. His name is Nikolai Bogdan Bratis. And if you want to work in sound or have the sound of your recordings improve and have your message reach deeper as a result, he's definitely the person to ask. This discussion is sure to provide a lot of great tips, so let's get to it. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And now, this is the first part of my interview with Nikolai Bogdan Bratis. Welcome, Nikolai. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jody, for, for having me. I'm going to start off by asking you a question that I ask everyone that I have on the podcast, because I think it's a really good question to ask, and I get some really interesting stories. Do you have an early memory of how sound moved you? Yeah, so I have a background in music from when I was a little. Basically, I started as a musician, and I remember I'm originally from Romania, and I remember that my teacher, when I was just 10, I guess, uh, told me that I have a musical ear. I can hear sounds. I can I can uh, hear the pitch and everything. My 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 mother decided to to get me into a music school, and we have a music school in Romania called Ch Children's Palace. It's called, and basically those are places where you can practice music for free. You don't have to pay anything. Uh, it used to be uh, a place for pro propaganda back in communism, uh, back in the days. But now, basically, they use those spaces for people that want to, you know, pursue music. Um, and it's all free of charge. You just have to go in there. It's like an, uh, a place where you can just meet new people, uh, new artists, uh, and things like that. And I remember that I uh, went to the audition, and there was a band in there. And they were all a lot older. They, they were kind of like the last, in the last year, because uh, you can stay there until you're 18. And after that, you can't go there anymore. You have to go at a proper music school, uh, maybe pay for it and things like that. And 
those guys were much older than me and uh, they were playing some rock music, uh, some really heavy stuff. And I remember the sound of drums and it was a small room as well, uh, which was great. And the whole acoustic of that room like moved me and I said, oh, this is what I want to do for a living. Audio is my 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 thing. Um, and yeah, it, it goes even, you know, earlier than that because my grandmother, she she had some background in music and my mother as well, but they couldn't pursue it properly uh, because, you know, those times in Romania wasn't quite open. Uh, you couldn't like play whatever you wanted in, in, in those days. So after 89, my mother uh, married and, you know, uh, got her life, but she couldn't do music. So my mother kind of like saw me a realization, you know, uh, uh, her dream uh, com- coming through. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, probably like, I'm sure she's super proud of you considering what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she is. She is. Uh, she's awesome. She, she still plays guitar from time to time. Uh, and I think last time we played together was during Christmas time. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. That's really wonderful. Yeah. So how did you sort of move that into um, doing this as a living? So you, you've got this really good background in music and sound and, and everything that it does and, and adds to our lives. But where did that go? Why, why, what made you decide? Because I know you were in um, the talent competition, right? The, um, uh, I'm looking back on my, yeah, X Factor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were in X Factor? Yeah, that was in 2013. I'm st- I still dream at a career in, 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 in a solo career as a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still pursue that. And, uh, but it's quite hard in, in, in the music industry to, to break through. Uh, there's a lot of uh, barriers you have to go through. But at the same time, I was always interested in the technical part of audio, not just in, into the artistical part of it. And I loved producing music. I loved working with tracks, uh, working with computers, all that jam. Because my teacher earlier, uh, when I was uh, about 14, uh, he, he got me, in order to pay for the piano lessons, because I didn't have money to pay for the piano lessons, the, the teacher had a deal with me and he told me, look, you come with me, helping me out with the PA system because he hired the PA to certain events in the city. And then, you know, you, you know I'm going to teach you piano in, 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 in exchange. So that thing kind of like got me into that technical part. And at the same time, when I was about 16 or 17, I decided to go to X Factor uh, because I I come from a very small village, uh, not village, so it's it's actually the name of the town is called Satu Mare, which is like the big village in translation. But it's not a village; it is uh, a town. Maybe two hundred thousand people live there. But the the capital of Romania is eight hundred kilometers away, and in order to move there, you need something. You need to to have something sure, you know, um, that you can kind of like start doing. And my mother and my father didn't have the money to finance my, my stay in there. So I figured out, look, let, I'm, I'm going to try my luck and I'm going to go to X Factors. Maybe something is going to happen. And it happened. I uh, got into the final of X Factor. And after that, I got all sorts of opportunities from different bands. 
around Bucharest. Uh, and I play weddings, corporate events, all sorts of things as a singer and also as a keyboard player uh, occasionally. And I play it on TV in there as well. And after that, I moved in the UK uh, just because I wanted something more. Uh, and I studied uh, music production in Southampton. Um, and I have a BA uh, in popular music production. And uh, after that, I decided to build my own business uh, because along my solo journey, I also wanted uh, that is more safe. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted something that, that would give me some financial stability. And I always felt <laughs> while I was doing my solo project, you know, when you are a musician, you want to sell your own sound, your own music, and nobody buys it. That's because it's something really, <laughs> really hard to sell. It's really hard to sell that. But I was always, mm -hmm. you know, thinking, look, what if I would do something different that's, that is still audio, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be necessarily music. It can be podcasts, it can be audiobooks, it can be services. You know, there's something sure. that you could provide to the world that other people need audio branding. So I said, look, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I started my own website um, uh, and, and kind of like started a double journey, if that makes sense. So, so this one kind of like succeeded uh, to the place that where, where uh, I have my own agency and I have, I have my own team and I help podcasts uh, get their sound, uh, making sure that they record as best as possible, as good as possible, and making sure that eventually their message gets across. Sure. Yeah. It's important as well. And yeah, as a musician, it's nice to have something that actually makes you a living, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't want to go to a nine to five job or something like that. I never worked in a normal job. I always worked from home or I always worked uh, in places where music would be the thing. So maybe a sound engineer, maybe a solo artist, maybe a music producer. So that's kind of like my thing. So I didn't want to, to go to, into a place where my dream may break, uh, in, 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 you know, some, somehow. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, why not be surrounded with what you love, even if you're doing it as a job? Like, <laughs> that just makes sense. <laughs> Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. So when you decided to create Saw and Sign, I mean, I have to ask you, first of all, what was the what was the thought process behind the name? Because how did you come up with it? That's such an unusual name. I'm just curious. Maybe from 
the branding point of view, thinking about it, maybe it's not the best choice because you think like, oh, that's so hard to pronounce and it's so hard to remember. But if you have a good SEO, you can really get your website anywhere. It doesn't matter what domain you have. Uh, but um, the way I, I came up with, with, with this name, um, I was thinking about, look, what am I most passionate about? And, I, and I'm like, okay, music. Okay, so this website started as a music production uh, website where I would get uh, clients for mixing services and things like that. So probably if you, if you know in sound design, in synthesizers, you can have different waveforms. And some of the waveforms are the sawtooth, and then there is the sine wave, there is the square wave, pulse, triangle wave, and so forth. So the sine wave is the purest waveform you can generate with uh, uh, a synthesizer, and the mm -hmm. sawtooth is the busiest, the, the most harmonic waveform you can generate with a simple circuit. So that's kind of like simplicity and complexity at the same time. Uh, so that's how I came with the idea. I said, like, so and sign. That sounds good as well. So I said, okay, that, that should be the name. Literally from, from the molecular part of audio, right? Because each sound is made of sine waves or, you know what I mean? So these are the, the basic parts of audio, of this frequency spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a podcast that I did a solo episode called... Um, uh, good vibes or positive vibes only, I think it's called. And it talks about the the sound waves and how they actually move matter. Like you can see them moving sand or like, it's just really fascinating stuff. And there are musicians that work with it visually as well, which is a really interesting thing to see. <laughs> Some opera singers, uh, they, they can break glass. They can move certain things of course when you have an earthquake before you ha actually have the earthquake you get that rumble and that's big energy moving the ground and everything so that's all sound wave yeah. when a plane goes really close to your house or something and it's you know uh very loud the, the, the engine's been really fast you can sometimes feel the the table vibrating so you know mm -hmm. it's really interesting uh the way sound works on our planet <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're not quite sure how it works elsewhere, but this is how it works here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in 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 space, you don't you don't get that. If a star explodes, you don't hear it. It's just it's nothing because there's no yeah, there's nothing there. But mm -hmm. however, we have been measuring sounds that these planets make. Mm -hmm. They do actually make them. No, there's no one to hear it. To, yeah. There's no one there to hear them. <laughs> You can, you can capture them as radio frequency from what I know, uh, and then you translate that into sound. But if you would stay in space, like hanging out there, let's say without a spacesuit, you will not be able to hear anything uh, just because there's no realm, there's no medium for the sound to propagate because it's void. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, whether, you know, if a tree falls in the forest, right? <laughs> like, if there's no one there to hear it, does it really fall? Well, it still falls. There's just no one to hear it. But uh, I do have another solo podcast called Music mm -hmm. of the Spheres, where I actually talk about that as well, which is another sort of uh, fascinating aspect of sound and how it works or doesn't work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a really 
It's an interesting topic. Um, Vibrations are everywhere. Whether they're translated into sound is another matter entirely. But, you know, our ears are designed for that. But uh, it's amazing the miracle that had to happen for that to take place. (laughs) Yeah. Getting back to the whole podcasting thing, I want to ask you why it is important for a podcast to sound good. Uh, Because I know a lot of people will just do it and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm just getting my message out there and I'm passionate about this thing and I really want people to hear it and and they'll just go do it. And I'm not saying that if you're just starting out that you shouldn't just go do it because, yeah, go do it. (laughs) Learn as you go. But what would you tell people about the sound quality? Why is it important? First thing first, to, to get a podcast sound good is not hard. Many people think that it's so hard to make it sound great. It's not. The first thing that you have to remember is that if you have a good recording, I would say that you don't even need maybe an editor to get it done for you at the end. Uh, because so, like when COVID hit, uh, many people got into the remote podcasting thing and they started recording with Squadcast, the software we're using now, Riverside, Zancaster, so or even Zoom, they forgot about, you know, that, let's say if you would record a podcast on site, you would know that you need microphones, you need uh, a mixing desk of some sort, you need maybe pop filters. In that environment, you would probably think about, look, let's have a great sounding uh, recording. But when it comes about remote interviews, uh, many people kind of like got from the Zoom conference idea to the podcasting thing without thinking about, oh, this is a podcast. This is not a conference call. This is not a Zoom chat. This is a podcast. This has to sound good. So they got stuck into that. And people don't invest in the microphones. Uh, they, they don't get, uh, you know, decent equipment that is not even expensive. Maybe you spend $100 on a decent microphone and that's it. And they record with their laptop microphone, which is, it will never cut. Uh, sometimes you can do something good with a phone or something like that, but it's not at that level where you would say, look, this sounds amazing. I want to listen to it through, you know, Uh, until the end and that's I think like the issue that kind of like happened um, recently it is important to have a good sounding podcast because if you anything that happens on your website on your visual uh, it, it should happen the same in your audio so you you take care of your phones you take care of your video visual but when you lose when you look at a certain video for example you hear that echo in the background uh you hear that noise in the background it just makes all that a little smaller so we have to we have to kind of like pay attention to to the sound because the sound is something like like the hidden gem like exactly like you say it's there it exists but it's hidden and if you don't pay attention to it it can destroy your brand it can make it look maybe not as good Yeah, I find that a lot of people don't notice good sound until they hear bad sound. (laughs) They don't, you don't know it's bad because sometimes what I do with my clients is I always uh, have a Zoom chat with them before we we get 
you know, starting producing their podcast or start working together. And I, I teach them, look, this is what you have to do to get it sound better. And I deliver samples to them to, to show them why you have to do this and what's the difference. And then most of them, they, they are shocked of the difference. Oh, can, can I really do this for my uh, home or from my office? I thought you need a radio station for that or a studio or something. And it's, it's not. You just need a basic microphone because, because the technology evolves so much with just a few pieces of equipment, you can really get something you know, something decent, something that sounds really good. And if you do the post-production after that, you can get it to an even uh, higher level uh, and make it sound, you know, amazing. I know that we're all dealing with a lot these days, so I really wanted to acknowledge those that have gone out of their way to leave an honest review of this podcast. Like Mary, who writes, Interesting how audio and sound makes a big difference in marketing and branding. Thanks for sharing a lot of valuable information. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Mary. I'm really glad you're finding the podcast useful. And for those of you that are interested, you can also leave a voice review now off of the main podcast page. It's super simple, and I'd love to hear what you think. Now, back to the show. Along the lines of interviewing virtually, uh, I wanted to ask you also about echo cancellation. So, so first of all, can you explain what that is? And second of all, can you explain why people should turn it off if they absolutely can? <laughs> so yeah, that, that happens a lot. First thing first, me and Jody now, as we talk, uh, we, we both wear headphones. So that's very important that we both wear headphones, the guest and also the host or anyone involved into, into the recording. And that's because Let's say uh, if I would be the host and I would talk to the guest, my voice would go to my computer and from my computer would go to the guest computer. Now, if the, if the guest is not wearing headphones, that sound will come out through the speakers, through the laptop speakers, for example, and that will bleed into the microphone they have. Uh, maybe it's the internal microphone from their laptop or it's their professional microphone, let's say, USB mic or whatever. And that sound gets back into the mic and then it comes back to my side and I, and I hear myself. And you would say an easy fix for that would be to turn on echo cancellation and the problem is solved. But actually a better way would be to ask your guests, look, maybe you have some uh, spare headphones around, maybe you can plug them in. And from that point, uh, you basically don't have that problem anymore without turning the echo cancellation. Now, why turning echo cancellation is bad is because it solves a problem without solving, uh, it solves the effect, but it's not solving the actual problem. Now, what happens if I turn that on is, let's say the, the guest is not wearing the headphones. Now, that problem is not there anymore, but now every time I talk over the guest, the guest will get muffled because the algorithm inside Squadcast or Zancaster, uh, whatever software they use in there, uh, is, is, is damaging the guest audio in the process of removing that echo cancellation. So that echo. So it's, it's kind of like solving, it's solving the, 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 the result, the, the effect, but not the problem. Yeah, it makes a problem of its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It creates a problem. I think they should remove it altogether because this way 
Zancaster, Squadcast, all those platforms would educate a host and guests why you will need headphones. It's quite easy to think about it once you understand it, but I understand why it happens. It's just because it is so much easier to press a button and that effect of muffled audio is so subtle, you don't really hear it until you get to the post-production stage. And if you don't edit the podcast yourself and you have someone else editing it, if that person is not telling you about it, your podcast will sound maybe muffled from place to place. Uh, and that's that can be a problem. That's why I say that it's good to be honest and tell, look, maybe from this podcast, we can solve this problem this way and make it sound better. But other people might you know, just take the files, they just edit it, they do whatever, and then they set it back. Uh, and I, I don't think that's the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Let them know what you're doing <laughs> and why. And you have to explain that to the client why. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you do uh, edit a lot of podcasts in a month. I, I can mm-hmm. see that. Uh, you're very busy there. I'm curious if, if you've seen big differences from someone when you first started working with them to, you know, several podcasts or maybe even many, many podcasts later, uh, as far as your advice being taken is concerned, are they, are they actually listening to you? Have you seen some big changes between some of the, some of your podcasts? Sometimes I refuse to work with certain clients if I feel that my advice doesn't go through. Uh, I may not refuse from the beginning. If I feel that my advice is not getting through in any way, I may just give up on that project. And of course, uh, for me, it happened. For example, I started to work with a client. It's called Talent Hub Talk. And they talk about Salesforce and all sorts of things. And they their podcast sounded Zoom-like. And I felt that it can be better, much better. First thing first, they weren't using Zencaster. Um, they weren't. Uh, they they were using proper microphones, but they, because of the Zoom, the way Zoom works, it's compressing the audio file. And no matter what equ- equipment you have, you get an M4A file at the end, which is in much lower quality than a WAV file. And I sent all that advice to the client, and they listened to me and. Man, the, the, the difference is crazy. Like literally, it sounds proper. And uh, I, I've, I've done that with, with many of my current clients. I love starting podcasts from the beginning. Someone comes with an idea and I want to empower that idea. I love that because I can start it properly from the beginning. So there's no learning curve for my client, which is great. Now, of course, like you said, if you want to start a podcast, go ahead and do it. And you learn while you're doing it, but learn while you're doing it. Don't stop learning. That's kind of like my advice. Uh, there's always something new. I always learn. Uh, there's always a new tool. There's a new tool now for removing noise uh, from Waves. I forgot exactly how it's called. Uh, Waves is one of the companies that creates tools for uh, restoration uh, plugins, they're called. And they have a new tool. And I, I listen, like, what that can tool do is crazy. Like he removes whatever <laughs> from the background. So it gets better and better. But yeah, you 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 can learn a lot every time. Uh, so don't stop learning. 
Yeah, it's pretty important to actually keep on learning while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Be aware of the fact that you can learn more. That's that's always the thing, right? When I started this podcast, I knew absolutely nothing really about audio branding except that I was a part of it. <laughs> so, yeah, and I've learned as I go along, and it's really fascinating. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time, 